starting the show with the smooth sounds of smoothies from the Denning, the Denning household. What kind God. of uh, listen? If we if we're gonna hear it, we at least have to know what kind of smoothie it is. I don't know what. what I don't know. <laughs> it's like strawberries and other bananas. I don't know bananas. I heard yeah, yeah they're really good. Confirm. Oh, We've confirmed bananas. Yeah. What else? Strawberries. Hmm. I think my berries. Yeah. I think my coffee maker's broken. <laughs> it didn't look like it had a really good stream going on, and what I have in my cup now can really only be described as bean extract. Not enough. Not enough H two O. Hey, this is the Locked On Lounge, by the way. If you've uh, just tuning into us, we're putting out Facebook ads now, so I think we have some new people subscribed to the show. So this is the lounge. This is where we kind of get ready, get loose before the show. It's draft Wednesday. I've got Nick Denning with me. We're going to draft it up here in a few minutes. And uh, I want to get some of the listeners involved, but you have to download the draft app, step one. Step two, follow me on the draft app, L-O-H Doug, D-O-U-G, so that you can participate in our listener drafts. So download the draft app on your iPhone, Android, whatever you use, and then follow me, L-O-H Doug. You go to the profile, and then there's a little guy in the top corner with a plus sign. You do that, and you type in L-O-H Doug, and then you follow me. And then you can be part of our draft. It looks like it's just going to be me and you, though, Nick, for this one. The Doug versus the mug. What kind of mug you got? Uh, This is a classy one. So this is a wedding gift. I like it. It's very very nicely shaped. It keeps the coffee, you know, in a nice... Nice warm temperature. Uh, I've got a Marriott Charlotte City Center mug. Okay. It's nice. Very Ooh. wide. That coffee's strong. Ooh, how was your Halloween? Did you go out? Did you dress up? Um, I did on the weekend. Um, when as a, uh, you know, I don't really like spending a lot of money, so I tend to just go to Goodwill and I find an item that I can build around. That's good. I like that. I like that plan. Yeah. So I found a, um, a, a an old like windbreaker for the Charlie Vay. I think I'm saying that right. Um, basketball, high school basketball, which is in Charlie Vay, Michigan. I found this out from a friend who's from Michigan. Um, so I went as the uh, the head basketball coach of Charlie Vay High School, two time back to back champs. <laughs> you know. I just basically got into character the whole night and just made really inspirational, you know, quotes. This and, is a really niche costume yeah. idea. Like maybe, yeah. how many people got your costume? I mean, people got what I was trying to do. <laughs> there were two people who were convinced that I was a character from a movie. I didn't find this out till afterwards. And, and I, I'm just thinking, they, they couldn't even remember what movie it was. And that's like, well, obviously, because I'm not actually, yeah character so but all right yeah. nick better luck next year let's start the show <laughs> locked on hornets part of the locked on podcast network your team every day uh, in a minute cause we live we live This is Locked On Hornets, your daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets and the NBA. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, 
your team every day. Search your podcast app for Locked On to get podcasts on the NBA, the NFL, and fantasy sports. I'm Doug Branson, joined by Nick Denning from the Capital City. Nick, what's going on, my man? I'm good. And just to follow up, my, my best costume was I was actually the NBA lockout one year. I just I had an NBA jersey on and I bought a chain and I locked it around myself. And as soon as I just told people, everyone just got it. It was the, it was the best best costume I've ever done. It was your one shining Halloween yeah. moment. Uh, my <laughs> my best costume was probably uh, the producer Katie and I went as Hall and Oates one year. And she was. She had the afro. She had the mustache. I was. I th- I was Daryl Hall. So I had the slick back hair and a yeah. nice like burgundy jacket. Yeah, a couple of costumes are tough, but they're good when you can pull them off. Absolutely. Uh, we are coming to you live from the Gittimer.com studios in BEA beautiful Uptown Charlotte. We've got a few people in on the live chat. Rich joining us and quote. Good morning to everyone there on the live chat. <laughs> Rich says. So taking our cue from the Carolina Panthers, when do we trade Jeremy Lamb? That's a good one. Carolina Panthers, of course, trading away uh, Kelvin Benjamin. That's a tough one. Listen to Locked On Panthers for more analysis of that one. I know there's a lot of split opinions. I don't really have a a strong opinion either way, but listen to Locked On Panthers because you know Bill Rossetti does. He's going to get you caught up on all that Panthers news Today's episode is brought to you by Draft Fantasy. It's the new way to play fantasy sports. Download the Draft app, use our promo code LOHORNETS to get a free game, and then follow me, L-O-H Doug, L-O-H Doug, and then you can play Nick and I in these Draft Fantasy games that we're doing every Wednesday. So uh, definitely do that when you get a chance. But before we before we draft it up, Nick, before we dig in, we got a Milwaukee preview uh, we've got to talk about why the Hornets are four and three. That's a big deal, I think, uh, at this point in the season. But before we do that, let's catch up on some of the news you may have missed. First, the Hornets picked up the fourth-year option on Frank Kaminsky. The third-year forward is averaging 13.3 points, 4.8 rebounds, and two assists on the year with increases across the board on his efficiency. Is there any surprise to you, Nick, that they went ahead and picked up this option uh, before the deadline, the deadline was what at the end of October 31st, and and they picked it up a, a day or so before that. Any surprise there? Not really. Um, this is probably going to happen regardless. And then his good start has obviously made it a little easier to to do. Um, I mean, there. You know, I know that there's been kind of split opinion on Frank, and the, and the jury's still out about his. You know, what kind of player he's going to be, but. Uh, you know, everything leading into this season suggested that they, you know, that they saw value in him. They saw potential in him. They trusted him. So, um, no, not that surprising. He'll be eligible for an early extension next offseason. If he doesn't get that, then he'll become a restricted free agent in the summer of 2019. David, uh, David Walker, are you in, are you in the, are you in the conversation right now? Yeah, man, been here the whole time. Hope you guys are doing well. <laughs> hey, man, what's going on? I thought you were. Ju- I thought you were gonna jump in there if you were. I thought as the captain of the ship, you would see everyone in, but I, I, I got to <laughs> announce myself. I think you were you were making your your coffee water when you were when I joined in. <laughs> That's good. No, so, yeah, well, here, okay. Let's are. let's just let's hammer this out. Actually, I don't have the the sort of list of people on the on the Zoom call here. Mm. So yeah, okay. in the future, all right. Just kick the door down. 
<laughs> yeah, man, I've been here the whole time. Enjoyed it. Just it's nice being a little a little fly on the wall for you, your conversation with Nick and his Halloween costume. All right, David. <laughs> what did the fam- What did the family dress up as, David? Uh, we had a dinosaur and we had a shark. <clears throat> so we were, <clears throat> excuse me, we were uh, roaming the neighborhood looking for candy and people. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's a good that's a good costume set. I like it, um, David. Your thoughts on Frank Kaminsky and the extension? My one thought on these is like, for, especially for the Hornets, when they've got these extensions on these young guys, I mean, they've had a little bit of a trouble kind of building in, any momentum through the draft. So unless it's like a total disaster, I'm good with them continuing to build through that method and, and keeping on someone who still shows a promise. Like for the season, obviously, we thought Frank may be able to take a step forward. So far, I think he's done that. Um, and for them to, you know, keep him around and keep trying to add to that mix, I, I just think uh, makes sense. It's more surprising than not when teams kind of don't do that to me. I don't know how you guys feel about these just in general. Well, he's been one of the bench pieces that has been able to score. One of the few bench pieces that has been able to score consistently, and uh, we got this game coming up against Milwaukee, and he had 18 points. He was the team leader in points in that last game against Milwaukee, and he's led the team twice in points. The only other player other than Kimba Walker to lead the team in points over a game. So he's been important in in that respect, and and I think if if he continues to progress, then he'll he'll at least make a case for a, a further extension. Uh, after this season and that early extension eligibility opens up next offseason. The team also announced yesterday that backup point guard Michael Carter-Williams will head to the Hornets' G League team, the Greensboro Swarm, for a rehab assignment. Carter-Williams has not played a game all season after missing most of training camp with knee soreness following an offseason platelet procedure. Nick, is this a positive or negative sign for Carter-Williams and the Hornets? Uh, it's going to be a positive because, you know, he's actually going to play basketball or meaningful basketball. Um, obviously not with the Hornets, but um, this is a sign that he's, you know, getting closer, that he's ready to play, you know, contact um, sports now. Um, so hopefully everything goes good with that assignment. There's no, you know, issues and he can join the actual Hornets soon. David. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a good question you ask because I think for so many years, like going to the G League was uh, had a neg- negative slant to it. That's obviously obviously switched around over the last couple of years. So this is for sure good. As Nick said, any basketball activity that he's ramping up towards is a good sign. And maybe that's a little more of the reason they held off. I don't know how how you know how much of a view they got into how fast he was progressing, but they didn't sign anyone. They've kept Monk there. Maybe they feel like he's uh, closer to returning than they than they thought. All right, the Swarm open up their season on November 4th in Greensboro against the Canton Charge. So if you're around the Greensboro area, you'll get a chance to see Michael Carter-Williams open up. I agree with both of you. I think it's not a negative thing. It's a positive thing because he's got to get some game action to get his conditioning up. I mean, that's that's the big yeah. thing. He hasn't had an opportunity to get any playing time, and, and any any player, any coach will tell you, that conditioning and practice is so much different than getting the conditioning that you need playing actual games. That's why preseason so very important. And the cool thing about him going to Greensboro is that the, the coaching staffs communicate, and so he's going to be running a lot of the same things in Greensboro. You would think one would think that he would be running in Charlotte. So he's going to have some familiarity, and he's been in practice. That's the thing; he's been in practice. He's been doing everything that 
that everyone else has been doing in practice for the past week or so. So he just needs that game action. Uh, Rich chiming in on the chat. He likes the MCW to the Swarm move. He needs the playing time. I mean, that's that's basically it. Needs that playing time. All right, Nick. I'm going to try to set this uh, set this draft up for us, uh, so we can do this. The mug versus the Doug, and this is on Draft.com. You can sign up on Draft.com, or you can download the app on iPhone, Android, whatever you need. There. Okay, I'm going to set this up for you and I. My followers. All right, starts in 30 seconds. So I can tell you that uh, this is draft.com. If you love fantasy basketball, then you need to try this uh, new app, Draft. It's daily fantasy basketball, but it's not like the other guys. On Draft, you play real live snake drafts with other people, just like in your season long leagues. And, and here's how it works it's a draft that lasts for just one night, and there's no management. You just set it and forget it. And once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. Draft even takes care of last-minute injuries for you. It's the, the drafts start every couple of minutes, so you can join in one right now. And if you're following me, LOH Doug, you can join us next week. So Rich, quote, Dwayne, get in, get in on this. Guys in the live chat. All right, so this is my pick, my first pick. I've got DeMarcus Cousins, Anthony Davis, James Harden, LeBron James, I'm going to take LeBron James away from you because I believe that's who lost me. I'm going to go James Harden. I feel like he can get some points against New York. And this is a snake draft, so you're going to have another pick here. Right, another one. Ooh, okay. Let's go with DeMarcus. So this is five on five, too. Daily fantasy. It's two guards, two forwards, and two centers. And the centers are pretty important because there's not a lot of them, and the center position is sort of going away in the NBA. So... That's a key position in these daily fantasy drafts. I'm going to take uh, – I'm going to go with – let's see, I've already got my forward. So I'm going, to take, I'm going to take John Wall versus Phoenix. I have a rule in daily fantasy, Good. take anyone who's playing Phoenix because their defense is just a garbage fire right now. Yeah, you got another one. Oh my gosh, that's right. All right, I'm going to go ahead and take Jokic. Jokic did me well last time, too, I think. I'm going to go ahead and nab him. All right, let's see. Let's go. Let's go Big Ben Simmons against Atlanta. All right, see, now you're thinking outside the box, and I like it. Yeah, and I'm not just going name recognition here. Um, I would take a reach. Should I get another pick? Am I, this is my last pick. I don't know. No, this is pick number seven. You have. Okay, then I'll hold off on that. Let's go. What do I have? Oh, God. I don't even know. <laughs> All right. Uh, Amy Lillard. All right, so I've got LeBron James. I've got John Wall. I've got Nikola Jokic. And do I take – do I go ahead and fill my guard spots up with DeRozan or Butler or Irving? Oh, my gosh. I'm going to take – you know, Denver's defense has been garbage, too, so I'm going to go ahead and take DeRozan tonight against Denver. And I've got one more pick. You know what? And we'll get to this in the preview here in a second. I'm going to go ahead and take Giannis because Milwaukee, because Milwaukee has no one else. It's not even that I think he'll do particularly well against Charlotte. I just think that yeah. he's their only option, so he's always going to rack up. Rich asking what the promo code is for this, L-O Hornets. Hello Hornets is a promo code that'll get you a free game with your first deposit, and you can join us. 
I'm going to go with the unicorn to cap things off. With Kristaps. All right. Can I see the – okay, here we go. So here's the matchup. John Wall, DeMar DeRozan, LeBron James, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Oh, I almost went all Eastern Conference on this. Nikola Jokic rounds it out. And then you, James Harden, James Harden Damian Lillard, Ben Simmons, Kristaps Porzingis, and DeMarcus Cousins. I don't like that Ben Simmons is a forward on this. Yeah, that's kind of strange. Yeah, that's that seems like something you could really use to your advantage if you play this. What's the projection? So I, I have you by 10 points right now. So we'll see what happens. The mug versus the dog. All right, let's get back to basketball here. Oh, well, here's – yeah, I just want to say this too. With Draft.com, you can play for cold, hard cash. That's the important part, me taking Nick's money. Draft start from just $1, so there's a draft for everyone. There's no salary caps. You play in a real-life snake draft just like you play with your friends in a season-long league. Come and join me on Draft.com today. Download the app anytime. Just search Draft in your app store and join a game in minutes or play right from your computer on Draft.com. For a limited time only, all new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit. Use that promo code LOHORNETS, and you can play a real money game for free just by using our code. Okay, I have a simple question to get us started here, but it probably doesn't have one answer. And that question is, why are the Hornets 4-3? and three? They've suffered an injury to a starter that greases the offensive wheels. They didn't have their best wing guard defender for the first four games. They have no backup point guard. What David has kept them not only alive, but above 500 to begin this year? Yeah, obviously the knowns of Kimball Walker and Dwight Howard, I think, uh, have come up big time, especially Kimba in the last couple of games. But for me, it's been the added depth that was just a question mark for so long, namely Jeremy Lamb and Frank Kaminsky providing some extra scoring. You mentioned Kaminsky off the bench. Lamb has been in that starting rotation. And Kaminsky's just upped his game kind of across the board. The minutes are up slightly. Hasn't started at all, as I said, but his efficiencies are pretty much up across the board. And Lamb has just gotten more minutes. And, and with that has come uh, increased production uh, in points and a little bit in assists as well. And they've been consistently there. I mean, I think that's the big thing. They've been able to provide some consistent support for uh, Kimba and even Dwight Howard. And those two guys, I think, have, have made a big difference. There's a couple other factors in there, too. But I think the lack of depth was so big last year. And these guys have been such a question mark. You know, ever since they've been in Charlotte, really, that that difference has helped the Hornets kind of stay afloat with all these other guys out. Yeah, depth really key to this team that is, has endured a lot of injuries and absences. Nick, what would you put the biggest reason the Hornets have a winning record to this point? I also like depth. Um, but I'll, I'll go. I'll, I'll go a different direction, but just very quick on that point. Um, there is something about this team, and like particularly last year, where um, you know, they're, you kind of look at them as almost like a just a very, very thinly put together um, puzzle. And if you take one of those pieces away, everything falls apart. We saw that when Cody Zeller went out. We've seen that in the past when Michael Kidd Gilchrist went out. Um, and now it looks like they have a team that, you know, if you if you lose a key guy, they've been able to plug somebody in and they've been able to at least do something comparable to the player that they're missing, you know. Mm. And I think, like, as David said, that's that's a huge that goes into the depth of this team. Um, even if the guy isn't as talented, they're able to at least do maintain some kind of production that's at least too effective to a to a to a degree. I, I like um, that. I just I just want to I want to follow up on that real quick. Yeah, Lamb has been able to come in and provide the consistent scoring that you would have expected out of a Nick Batum. Doesn't necessarily give you 
the the ball movement at all times, but does provide he provides one aspect. And then Dwayne Bacon as a rookie being able to step in for Michael Car- Michael Kidd Gilchrist and give you the rebounding and the toughness on defense again doesn't give you the the experience on defense. You know, will often sort of. Uh, uh, go up for these shots when he's not supposed to leave his feet, but he gives you, uh, just to Nick's point, he gives you one aspect of what they were missing, and when you combine all of those things together, it's been enough to get them over the hump, at least in this early going. Yeah, and I think um, aside from that, just kind of the, I mean, this is not really tangible, right, but there's a different mentality to this team. Um, I think a game like the one in, in Memphis when they were down you know, it seemed nine or 11 for much of the second half. They got two technical fouls. Um, I think we kind of talked about this a little bit after that game, but there's, you know, maybe in years past, they were, you know, or especially last year, they wouldn't have come back. They, they may, they, mentally, they may have decided, okay, you know what? Tonight's not our night. We're going to, we're going to let this one go on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't seem to be the case. Um, you know, they obviously came back. They, they, they stayed it. They stayed within reach. The starters got back in and they were able to, you know, to get that lead and they, you know, and they locked down defensively, which was huge. Um, there's a, I think there's just a mentality that this team wants to be good. They, they understand that they can't afford, you know, to even with all the injuries, they don't want to make excuses for themselves. And I just think there's, I just see a difference here just with, from player, you know, one to player 10 in just the way things are, are, are going. And I think, you know, it, it's nice because we don't like to see a team that just decides, well, I mean, it, the, there will be nights that this team doesn't play well and it's clear mm-hmm. that they've kind of, you know, that it's not going to be their night, but um, we don't want to, we don't want to see that all the time or we don't want to make it, we don't want it to be so obvious either. Well, it's a really good point, Nick, because a big storyline throughout all of last season was that this team really didn't have that extra something necessary to keep a fourth quarter lead to win close games. They just didn't have a toughness, uh, you know, inside uh, a physicality inside that would allow them to just get that one extra play that they needed to finish off a comeback or to hold a team off in the fourth quarter. And that's why I think the Dwight Howard edition more than anything, if anything got my vote, it would be the Dwight Howard edition because I think it's allowed that depth to succeed. You heard Steve Clifford talk about it uh, after the game against Orlando. He said, when Dwight Howard's in the game, other players step up in, in terms of their defensive intensity, in terms of their toughness. And, and, and I think it's had a ripple effect across this entire lineup, whether it's you know, seeing him and how hard he plays and wanting to play that hard, or whether it's just the idea that, okay, Charlotte has another star now, another another piece of talent. Now there's this belief that the Hornets can can exceed what they did last season. And Double M15 on the chat says one of his big factors, not giving up during games. Absolutely. Even in a couple of these losses, they they had opportunities to roll over and lose by 20. I mean, in that game against Detroit, I thought they had an opportunity. And in the game against Milwaukee, they had opportunities to completely uh, die out. And then Atlanta, they they made a 20-point comeback in that first victory against Atlanta. So, yeah, they've had opportunities to really lay down and die, and they haven't done it. So they, they've shown that off. I put a poll on Twitter, what's the biggest reason the Hornets have a winning record right now despite dealing with all of these injuries? 
37% said Kimball Walker's offense, which we haven't talked about yet. 36% said Dwight Howard's def- defense and rebounding. 20% said Lamb's secondary scoring. And then 7% said other, and a lot of the replies were what we've been talking about, depth. You know, pointing to some of these uh, auxiliary players who have stepped up. Trevion Graham, uh, Frank Kaminsky scoring, Dwayne Bacon's uh, Dwayne Bacon's ability to rebound and, and play defense in place of Michael K. Gilchrist. Just a few of the things that have come through for the Hornets and allowed them to go uh, four and three. It, it was a tough choice, though, between Kemba and Dwight because Kemba has come in so many times, guys, and saved uh, the second unit from allowing a game to completely fall apart. That's why I don't, I can't necessarily go depth in this conversation because I've seen the bench struggle so much to hold leads. And it's been Kemba, David, who stepped up and, and helped this team get over the hump. Oh, he's been amazing. I mean, you look back and think if uh, if you look back in, at the beginning of the season and say he's basically going to be the only creator out there with Nick Batum out. And at that time, you had Julian Stone then, and you haven't even had him lately. So he's been unbelievable. He's he's actually stepped up his game across the board again to start this season, which is kind of amazing. And he's been uh, a clutch shot maker uh, that we know he is down the stretch as well. Yeah, I just think um, he, you have to have some support. I mean, that but without these other guys, without Dwight Howard in there making the difference on defense, without Dwayne Baking stepping in, as you guys said, filling in for MKG and hitting some big shots, um, without Cody Zeller coming back, um, I don't think that they're in position for Kimba to be able to do some of those things. Everyone's had their lulls, and certainly it's taken a little bit for the bench to find themselves. But but that is a that is a difference that you can see on paper and Lamb and Kaminsky and even add Bacon in there, and that I think is making a difference this year. And Doug, you spoke to the defense. You know they're back to being a top ten defense. That was a goal for Clifford last year. He probably or this year he probably liked to go to five. But Dwight Howard has definitely helped that. And I do think Bacon has helped it even being a rookie as well. I mean, that's that's the core of this team is being a defensive team. And they've gotten back to doing that early on. Yeah, and they've got two rookies right now, Malik Monk and Dwayne Bacon, who are playing like rookies offensively, taking some ill-advised shots, still trying to find their way offensively. But both of them, you know, M- Malik Monk's going to struggle on defense because of his size. But we've been hearing from the coaching staff that he is he's committing to it. He's getting better mm-hmm. with it. It's it's just gonna take it's just gonna take seasons of building up his body and and, and seeing these offensive players and and you know he just doesn't have that he just just defense is just not a natural part of his game it's you know that comes at the offensive end and he's struggling there as well I mean how important Nick if they want to continue to have a winning record how important will it be for Malik Monk to figure some things out offensively. Oh, de- definitely important just because, you know, we, we talked about this before the season, um, any kind of bench production we can get offensively is important and we're getting it from, um, we're getting it from Frank. Um, but beyond that, it's been kind of just who else kind of has a good night. Um, you know, I, I, I feel good about this bench unit's chances offensively when lamb comes back or goes to the bench and Batum comes back rather. Um, but it'd be just be nice to have a point guard, you know, either whether it's MCW or Stone, um, that can let um, let Monk actually shoot just better percentage shots. Um, you know, I, I feel like when he goes into his sort of, you know, let me just kind of dribble, come off the screen, pull up type shot, that is, it hasn't really been that effective yet. 
Whereas when, you know, he's getting just a, a just a quick pass, open, open look from Kemba Walker, he's just catching and shooting. Um, he's had the shots, the shots have gone in more often than not. Um, so just getting better looks, not having to have such a big role just yet. I'm not saying that, you know, we shouldn't eventually transition him to the point guard, um, but putting him in better situations should let him become a little bit more effective and more consistent offensively. Now, David, this was something that you wanted to talk about. Do the Hornets, you know, do the Hornets need a a backup point guard? Because they're four and three to this point, and they've been playing with half of a backup point guard in Malik Monk. Uh, yeah. You know, how how is it really all that important that Michael Carter-Williams get back quickly from this rehab stint? Well, I do think it is important for them to get some sort of help sooner rather than later. I think my thinking was if they come out of this thing, you know, still at 500 a game or two above and get some help back there, then I think it could end up being a good thing for Malik Monk. And I think it is now um, I, that it would be a long haul to do this over 82 games, you know, and it was a tough sledding even up to right now. But you know, it was a bit of a gamble, and so far it's worked out because of some of the factors we mentioned, because Kemba Walker is playing like a superstar um, and they lean so heavily on him. If they can come out of that on the other side, that be okay. Get Malik Monk a little experience under his belt, and then, as Nick said, let him go back to just being that guy that's running around screens, right, that's coming off of, of picks and, and catching and shooting as opposed to trying to create on offense. If he's got that in his bag, too, then it's just going to be, you know, that much more dangerous and, and helpful for him as he grows. So I think it can end up being a good thing if they can just keep their head above water until they get some help in the backcourt. Um, yeah, it'd be a gamble that was worth taking, I think. I want to go back to defense because defensively, we know last season they really struggled with preventing teams from shooting three-pointers. And then teams were getting wide open three-point shots against the Hornets and knocking them down. This season, we've seen a complete flip on that. I'm going to read some stats here, and these stats are from cleaningtheglass.com. It's a it's a new site uh, by a guy named Ben Falk, who is, has been a kind of front office uh, insider guy for a long time, and he started this stat site called cleaningtheglass.com, and it factors out a lot of the the noise that you'll normally see in stats, you know, like shots that guys take at the end of games, heave shots, they take those out of the three-point conversation, takes out, tries to factor out garbage time minutes. So when a team's up 20, you know, they they factor out those minutes when when it's not really on the line. And so I really like this new stats site. Uh, Check it out, cleaningtheglass.com. But looking at the defensive stats for the Charlotte Hornets, they are uh, basically – top third in the league in denying three-point opportunities, and they are second in the league in non-corner three field goal percentage allowed. So 29.3%, that's not not good for opposing teams. Shooting the three-pointer against the Charlotte Hornets, it's been a struggle. So this defense has been uh, basically elite. I mean, it's been a top-five defense uh, regardless of what the defensive rating says. I, I think this is one of the best defenses in in the National Basketball Association. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, things have changed for the Charlotte Hornets. There's a mentality change. There's a toughness change. There's a defensive change that has been able to bandage some of the offensive organization issues that this team has had in the second unit because they've lacked consistent scoring. They've lacked a, a point guard that could come in 
and really organize the offense, and not just Michael Carter-Williams, but they've also been missing Nick Batum's ability to come in with the second unit and, and really, again, grease the wheels offensively. And, and so once they start to get those things back, I think this team has a, a shot to do some special things in the Eastern Conference And the Eastern Conference has really been sort of flipped on its head. There are a lot of teams that people thought were going to be playing really well right now that are not. And and teams like, uh, I think, the Knicks, the Magic, who are playing better than expected. So it's topsy-turvy right now, and the Hornets have an opportunity to survive this, this stretch of games that we thought was going to be very difficult and still and still will be, but they've got a chance to survive this period until they can get some of these players back. All right, the Hornets take on the Bucks tonight at 7 o'clock p.m. in the Spectrum Center, the second game of a four-game series. The Hornets lost to the Bucks in Milwaukee a little over a week ago. Final score, 103-94. Giannis was dominant, 34 points. Dwight Howard had 22 rebounds in this one. The Hornets were tied at 94 late in the fourth quarter, but the offense went ISO heavy, guys. Kimball Walker, Jeremy Lamb, they took some... We'll call them ill-advised, contested three-point shots in crunch time. The offense sort of lagged right at the end of the game, right when it mattered most. David, what should the Hornets take away from that first loss into this matchup tonight? Uh, that was it. I mean, for me, I mean, that was the key to that loss. Uh, when we talked about it at the time, there was just a complete breakdown of what they try to do on offense. You know, their identity in the pick and roll was just completely uh, thrown in, thrown away at the end of that game, and they tried way too much one-on-one. I've seen that pop up a little bit over the last couple of games, and it's going to happen, you know, here and there. But I think uh, tor- certainly towards the end of games, especially the other night, there was a lot better um, against Memphis. So that's one of the big learning things I can see them taking away. But I also think they got a little shot in the arm from that game. I mean, that was a, a bit of a big-time early game against a superstar in Giannis who is taking the lead by storm right now. And I think they felt they were right in that game, um, and, and they played well up in the games after that. So I think they, you know, took some things from that game that they feel good about themselves. I look for them to play pretty well and be excited playing at home against Milwaukee, who did play last night. So they'll be coming in off the of back-to-back. Yanni, Yanni. Nick, the Hornets didn't have uh, Cody Zeller or Michael Kidd Gilchrist for the last matchup against the Bucks. How will their impact be felt in this one? Um, but Gilgis, Gilkis can uh, guard uh, Giannis, obviously. That's a big plus. Um, not only that, but he can also switch on, you know, some of the other players that the Bucks have because, you know, Milwaukee's built to be this really long and, and versatile team and whatnot. So, you know, Gilchrist is able to kind of switch and guard multiple players on that. That should be helpful. Um, Zeller should help down low. Um, Milwaukee's got a lot of big guys, and Omen Rowe's going to be out, I think, Um but some of the other guys who have stood up, you know, Henson, Thon Maker, um, you know, these are – they have a lot of length down there, a lot of size. So um, just having another player to throw at them aside from Dwight Howard, and I guess, you know, I think O'Brien played a little bit in that game last time, um, Zeller should should help, in you know, particularly in the paint. Yeah, and we saw in that last game Dwight Howard getting Thon McC- – is it – it's not Maker. I always say Maker. It's – McCour, I think Thon McCour. Okay. I'm right. I'm pretty sure on that, but he got he got Thon yeah, in, in, in in foul trouble. So we'll see if that happens again. But it allowed Milwaukee to go with John Henson, and the Henson 
Antetokounmpo pairing late in that game prevented the Hornets from really getting anything on the boards, and Henson was able to do some things underneath in terms of shot blocking and and interior defense that disrupted what the Hornets did. It sort of moved them back to the three-point line and took away their mid-range as well, and, and that's where you saw you know those contested shots go up you know and prevented them i think from from getting into some of the offensive stuff that they wanted to get to i'll be watching that as well and michael uh, michael kid gilchrist yes he's going to be an important factor on defense but over the last two games he's 9 of 9 for 20 points so he's finding an offensive groove as well if he continues with that if he can give them another 10 points uh, tonight yeah. I think that's going to be a big factor as well. Getting some more scoring from – they need all the scoring they can get on that starting unit because you just don't know night to night how well the bench is going to play. Also, no Greg Monroe for this game uh, for Milwaukee. He's out for a few weeks with a strained calf injury. That will bode well for Cody Zeller. Uh, Frank Kaminsky played through an illness against Memphis. He's had a few days to recover. David, which of these Hornets second unit players – will need to have a good night for the Hornets to win their third straight game. I mean, so much falls on Frank lately, and you mentioned how well he played against Milwaukee last time. I think that could be really useful for them. Milwaukee is so long, um, as Nick mentioned, and they spread you out even with those long guys. I mean, Maker or McCour, take your pick, uh, steps out and hits those threes as well, or at least takes them. So, yeah, I think Frank is going to be big again. And Malik Monk, I think he, he struggled in this game uh, the first time around, if I recall, or at least obviously he's been up and down. So I think um, we'll look for him to have an, another game, another good game in a row. I think that could be big for the bench as well. And Frank Kaminsky, defensively, he's he's going to have to focus on stopping Toledovich because Toledovich has 15 points all on three-pointers, got knocked down five three-pointers in that last matchup, really killed the Hornets in the middle yeah. part of that game. And set and set up the. They had to come back in that fourth quarter. And I think they were down nine or ten going into that fourth quarter. The starting unit again. The pressure on them to make a comeback. They did it on the back of Kimball Walker, who, you know, Kimball Walker didn't have a great game until until late in that game, and and I think he only finished with about fifteen points. So uh, he's been playing a lot better since that Milwaukee matchup. We'll see if he can get it going offensively against Malcolm Brogdon who the Bucs did not have in that first matchup. And you saw in that game that they played last night against the uh, against the Thunder, you know, Russell Westbrook was able to easily move by Brogdon on defense. Those one-on-one matchups just not suiting, uh, not suiting the Bucs up front because Malcolm Brogdon, very good defender, but I don't think quickness is one thing you think of when you think of Malcolm Brogdon's defense. So Kimba Walker may be able to take advantage of that matchup as well. He went up against Della Dova. Uh, Della Vadova last time. I just went Tony Allen on his name. Sorry Della. about that. <laughs> Della. We, see, that's the problem. We've played the drop so many times now <laughs> that it's just like an earworm infected my brain. Uh, so, yeah, to play good defense on Toledovich. You know, look, Giannis is going to do what Giannis is going to do. I mean, even in that game against uh, the, the Thunder, tw- you know, it's it, all the focus is going to be on Giannis, and he still scores 28 points, eight rebounds. They did limit his ability – uh, to to pass the ball, uh, three assists, and, and a lot of that is the fact that you know the rest of this Bucks team is struggling to score. Middleton was three of thirteen last night, zero of five from beyond the arc. I mean, they just have nothing else. So if MKG is able to limit what Giannis can do at all, then the Hornets have a really really good shot 
of, of taking this one. The Bucks come into this one four and three as well. So they're two and three at uh, let's say they're two and three at home. So that means they they're good on the road. But I think the Hornets have a good shot at taking this one. Yeah, I think keeping those other guys down, Doug, as you mentioned with Toledovich and even Maker and Henson, you know, they had a they had big baskets from a couple guys in key spots during that last game. Um, uh, so I think Giannis is going to get his, as you said. So they got to keep those other guys under control. And Brogdon is a bigger guard, but yeah, Kemba needs to be able to use his quickness and get in the paint, which he's done, man. He's just been awesome lately. All right, Rich saying we can win. Just put MKG on Giannis and let him go all Joe Dumars on him. Oh, yeah, Joe uh, Dumars reference. I like that. Uh, Dwayne saying, calling it now, 10-point win tonight. Also, last time we whoa. played Milwaukee, we shot horrible from the free throw line. That should improve. Yeah, that was a big storyline, too. Dwight Howard, yeah. that was the 0-for-9 game that lit up sports radio here in Charlotte. I mean, jeez. <laughs> Sound the alarm. See, we know how to get the we know how to get sports radio to talk about the Hornets now. It's uh the you know, Dwight Howard missing free throws. It's all a it's all a giant conspiracy to get the Hornets more playtime well, on sports one radio. Note on that. Yeah, one note on that, Doug, though, you'll remember that it was not just a white, but it was several players missing free throws in that yeah. first quarter uh as well. So that's been a strength of the Hornets this year. Uh hopefully it won't come down to that, but certainly Dwight's nine didn't help. Uh but yeah, some other guys missed some early too. Yeah, and, and not only just making free throws, but a strength of the Hornets, and this has gone back several years now, but it's continued uh, into this season as well, is just free throw def- differential. Oh, yeah. uh, just preventing the other team from getting to the line and then uh, you know getting, uh, getting inside. Kimball Walker has been just excellent at drawing fouls this season. I mean, it's incredible. I mean, he has been able to get inside and get some foul calls. Maybe that all-star game selection helped. Got him a little more respect from referees, uh, but he's definitely, I mean, he's just beating every defender to the spot, and that always helps get to the line as well. Okay, that'll do it for us here on this edition of Locked on Hornets. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks to our sponsor, Draft.com. Download the Draft app. Follow me, L-O-H Doug, on the Draft app, and uh, you can play Draft with us next week. We'll do this again on Wednesday. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, whatever you use to get podcasts. Just search Locked On Hornets and uh, give us a review, give us a star, whatever means your podcast application has to um, to uh, you know share your thoughts on the show. Please do that. It helps us climb up rankings. It helps other people find our podcast. Shoot us your Hornets questions and thoughts to BuzzBuzz at LockedOnHornets.com. We're back again tomorrow with a recap of this game tonight against the Bucks. Hey, get out to Spectrum Center if you're in Charlotte and have the have the opportunity. Get out there and cheer the team on. For David and Nick, I'm Doug. Go Hornets, go America. Beat the Bucks. Let's swarm Charlotte.